All right, there we go. I don't know why I'm. I've been saying tight a lot lately. Um, tight, welcome, tight. Thorny. Hey, tight, tight. Hey. Oh, it's tight, dude. Tight, bro. Tight. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right, y'all. It's tight, bro. Welcome Ooh. to the green room where it's tight. That, shit, that was tight. Are we just mocking him today? No, no I'm, I'm, it's I'm the praising word tight. Thorny. It's, I'm mocking the word tight. My McDurfins are flowing, bro. Woo. I'm just feeling it. I'm feeling it, bro. Okay, you can't. Don't don't harsh her mellow. Don't harsh her mellow. Yeah, man. Romania wasn't built in a day. Is <laughs> that, that him who said that? For yes, me? yes. <laughs> Shout out to Thorny. Have we had him on the podcast yet? Yeah, we have. Yeah. Okay. Well, go listen to that one too. We'll have him back soon. That's He's it, always that's a, fun. a blasty blastersons. Yeah, Thorny. Yeah, speaking of Thorny, um, he's coming to Priceless with us, which is super exciting. Um, yeah, so y'all, there's this festival in uh, Northern California called Priceless. It's in Belden, and it's one of the best festivals I've ever been to. It's like completely volunteer run. This year will be its 13th year, um, so they're super well organized. Uh, the cap is like 650, and it is not packed at all. Like it's the perfect amount of people to be in that size of venue. And it's like just a big floaty party essentially. Yeah. I'm going to get my float floaty on. competition. Float what kind of floaties sure. did you guys get? A giant one, a giant Trump. What did you get? A giant Donald Trump. Did you get that one? Nope. <laughs> no. And wait, there is one. Yeah. There is there's one. a, gi- there's a big Donald Trump floaty and it's absolutely awful. Yeah. That's funny. How I wanted to get the pirate ship one with the, uh, with the squirt gun on the front, but it's like it's only, for children. It's for like ages five and under. You think it's gonna be too max. small? You can still it's get a, it. No, it's a forty pound like max limit. I'd sink to the I bottom. I think that of what you need to do is get another big tube and put that one on top of it, and then just have your little water shooter. Well, there's also oh, do you know those bulls that you ride, like the electronic bull at bars? Like a cowboy bar. Dude, I, I've seen that one, and I want that one. Are you going to get that one? I'm thinking about it. Dude, that one's amazing. I got um, I got a giant golden dragon. It has, like, wings and everything and, like, a big dragon tail, and it's awesome. And it's big, too. I could just lay out on it. Huh. And then I got a cactus. A cactus? And my cactus one is awesome. It has, like, one armrest that goes up and one that goes down, you know, like yes. a cactus. <laughs> And they have cup holders Wait, in them. It's, it's, it sounds like a noodle to me. It's, you sure it's not a noodle? One of those noodle things? Have you seen those like big lounge ones that hold like 10 yeah. people? That's what, I wanted to get that so bad. But I'm people about have traveling. those. Don't worry about it. People okay. have them there. The thing that's so cool about Priceless is it's very like community oriented. And like after all the floaties get in the water and everyone like starts drinking a little bit, honestly, people don't care if you use their floaty or whatever. So... Like people had all eight pieces of the sl- or, uh, pieces of the pizza, like the pizza slice floaties. They had mm. bought eight of them and, t- and tethered made the, them the all pizza. together. They made the pizza. You yeah, see that and one? they I- didn't care who sat on it or whatever. And then cool. there was this one um, floaty with like a canopy, and it was one of those ones that has like a built-in cooler and has like ten seats in it. And someone just like tethered it up by the hidden beach, and you could just go sit on it and like smoke a doob or whatever and nice. hang out. So everyone's super so cool. They, yeah, they're already doing and big things. They're not like super possessive of their stuff because there's a really cool common understanding there of being like respectful of each other's things. It's sort yeah. of like an older community in terms of festival yes. um, people. And I don't mean that they're old, I just mean that they're wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wiser. But yeah, so um, I am actually looking at floaties right now, and I see a poker table floaty. Maybe get some plastic cards. Look at this guy. 
That is hilarious. I mean, even not just playing poker, you just like <laughs> hang out, you know, at a table. Yeah, it looks table, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let me see man, that. Here. That uh, sounds like Pat's. $87. That's Pat's, uh, that's like Pat's dream floaty. Is this poker uh, table? That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. but, like nobody would want to sit down and play poker at festival. Well, it's not. Are you just kidding? Poker. I totally would. Yeah, I would first do that, but also you could eat all but night. But the festival has its own like barges too that are really large. That you could. There's one that you could probably fit like 70 people on it, and then there's uh, two that you could fit like 15 people on them. Yeah, yeah. So we would just like get like 15 people up there, stand around the outskirts of the barge, and then hold hands and just like pump it and try to like get people to get knocked off. It's really fun. <laughs> Anyway, super fun festival. We're doing that soon. Yeah. Um, we're bringing like ten people with us. Which it's is gonna be crazy. A, it's gonna be a blast. We're gonna have a. Yeah. I, I think we could be called a gang. Uh, yeah, like sure. a gang. gang. Speaking of people. festivals, um, we play Euphoria this weekend, and something really weird happened with Euphoria. So last year, I remember the lineup being like super crazy. I remember seeing those like uh, geographic animal graphics come out and thinking. And with every announcement they'd make for the lineup, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, every single person on there last year was total fuego. The lineup is definitely, like, smaller this year. They didn't get their permit secured, unfortunately, and they just found out about it. Like... It was only one day this year, right? And like No, it was two days. And oh. they didn't get the permit for the original venue. And it sucks because the normal festival grounds are beautiful. So it really kind of sucks that it's not going to be able to happen. I'm going to kill you and your fucking phone. I know. Put Sorry. it the fuck away. Seriously. <laughs> I, I was looking up. Yeah, that's anyway. Fuck this. They had to move it into downtown because they have no permit. And so now they've moved it to like four or five separate venues within Austin that they're going to be like Empire and Barracuda and a few more that they're trying to host all the artists that they'd already booked for the festival to be able to still come down and play. Um, it looks like Grammatic is the only one that didn't make the entire lineup, but we are playing wow. at Barracuda this Saturday in Austin from 10:45 to midnight right before a really cool special guest so, um, and I think it's like multiple special guests, plural. Yeah. So that would be really cool. Probably by the time this comes out, it would already have happened, right? Why? I want to put this out like tomorrow. You can do it on the airport, on the yeah. airplane. I don't that's care. true. Like, do that's it. why. That was like why it. we wanted to. I do thought it. that's why we're doing this, doing today. this today. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's do it then. No. Yeah. Definitely. I'll <laughs> do it tonight and tomorrow morning. Yep. Or do it on the airport on the plane. Because we have a lot of things to say. We just gotta like. Get these plugs out. Good. Let's yeah. Let's just keep going. So this is going to be really fun. So it's like basically taking a festival, and and just completely shattering it and seeing like just plugging the people all the way throughout the city. Well, I think they're really lucky that it happened in Austin. To be completely honest, mm. because they... South by Southwest has sort of curated curated the placement of venues. I feel like over time. Um, to make it so that you can host multiple things at once. And so yeah. I don't think in any other city really that they could have has as easily just moved everything to like a concentrated area of venues where people can just walk around and check out the acts that they wanted to see. If wow. it had been in any other city, I think, even if it had been like, if we think of Minneapolis, you know, there's yeah. I don't think there's really a place that that could have happened. So I'm surprised they were able to salvage it. Most festivals, when you hear this kind of stuff happens, I mean, up north is a great example. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, it just kind of falls apart. It gets canceled and everyone gets pissed. So, so good for you, yeah. Euphoria, for figuring it out. That's cool. That was my question then. Like, why 
or how did they uh, how they announce it so late and everybody they just found out that they didn't receive their permit. I know, I know, but uh, when we found out about it, it was like I don't know, like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, and they announced they hadn't announced it. They announced this it a week. week ago. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. I got graphics for it uh, about five days ago and posted it the other day. Oh, gotcha. Okay, well that's cool that they can still make it work. So yeah. That's, I'm excited. Uh, so how like that takes so much. I, I bet they like were freaking out at the time. That's like when they found that out. Think well, about, yeah, but think I think it's whole... like so typical. I mean, yeah. event producing is so stressful. It's yeah. like this is so. <laughs> Literally, anything I've seen it happen, happen like twenty times. I've yeah. seen this sort of thing happen a lot. If and if it's not a venue, it's that none of the food trucks could come and. So they can't make those vending fees that they were going to. So they're low on money or whatever. You know, yeah. this festival has a lot more money like behind it, I think, than most of the ones that I'm talking about right now that end up not working out. So anyway, it's pretty right. cool that they were able to find a way to make it still work. I think what they're doing is it's like a 55 day pass to be able to go into any of those venues. Like any, I think it's there's five different venues on 55 Saturday. 55 days. 55 days. 55 dollars. Oh. <laughs> Day pass. For a day. For a day. Got you. Got you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, what time are we playing in Austin? Uh, 10.45. 10.45. p.m. P.m. at Barracuda. At Barracuda. Oh, Barracuda. Ooh, Barracuda. And then there is You got that. Ooh, do I do I hear another <laughs> remix coming? Oh. <laughs> nice. Uh, we should write. And um, a ooh, a, 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 Barracuda. We should we should write. A I remix. used to jam that when I came home from partying in college. I would turn my Sony speakers up as loud as they would go and dong 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 Oh, Don't you know it. it. I couldn't play real guitar, so I always had to air guitar things. Wait, there's a special guest after us, too, right? It says uh, guest TBA. I don't know who that TBA? is. TBA? I never heard of DJ TBA. Yeah. It doesn't say TBA. It says special guest. Special guest. Well, we're calling him TBA. So, yeah, we're playing in Austin. Shout out to Hart. And um, <laughs> that'll be tight. Anyway, in current events, uh, uh, we have boring. Sir Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. A.K.A. Community Star. A.K.A. He does a lot of things. Atlanta. He just put out a new that show? music video. That oh, yeah. Kind of that one, too. Did you guys uh, see his own show. Did you see the new music video? Yeah, that's uh, what we were going to talk about. This oh, yeah. is America. Uh, this is America. I mean, obviously, everyone's talking about it. If you haven't watched it somehow, you should check it actually. out. Does, right. does, I shocking. Have, I have not. Does not Donald just like get bored and just like, and like, man, what can I do that's going to just really blow people away? He's doing music. He's doing this. And now he's. I don't think people like make cultural movements because they're bored. But I'm just no. What, what I mean, okay. What the point I was getting is, he's done a lot, and he's like, he's a young guy. What is? I mean, he's constantly yeah, yeah. doing these amazingly yeah, he's like, huge. Yeah, I, one of my friends though made a good point yesterday though in regards to this, where he was saying, like, and we'll talk about this in a second, but you know, we like glorify these rappers like they're gods, mm. Kanye. Yep. And um, then they turn into total dickheads. Yeah. 
Deacons. Because we pray, we we get culty and worship them like God. So if everyone could just not do that with Donald Glover, that'd be great. <laughs> we could just appreciate his I, talent and be stoked <laughs> that we he's making music and that we can still listen to that and stop glorifying him like he's the world's biggest creative genius, despite what Kanye thinks. Huh. Um, that'd be great. Yeah. So we just don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I like. To anyway, keep no, this it one. is a really cool video. Check it out if you haven't seen it. It's a cool commentary. Um. There's tons of, I mean, Reddit is just, and so is my newsfeed, honestly, on Facebook, just swimming with, like, fan art and, like, mm. all these all these kinds of, like, tribute things. Which brings us to, unfortunately, Kanye West, who's lost his oh, freaking man. mind. Yeah, he's, um, make no, Ameri- he's, he's become... Make, I think he's got an album coming out. He and does, it's just like, but I don't think a way to get, um, like, your, your following to someone... Okay, he's got a pretty progressive following, I'd say, like... And I think it's de- definitely not just secluded to black people. You know, it's like definitely a lot of white people too. And especially now, you know, he's if he's he's catering to a small little demographic of white people at this point when he's walking around wearing a mega hat. Well, but here's the thing. I mean, his music is pretty good. Like, I mean, despite everything else, like really, I, despite I, everything else, you like, know what he said no, last week? I, Do you know what he said last week? Slavery was a choice. Well, this is no. That's so. This is what I was going to get to. Comes, this what is what he comes out and it's though. like an elaborate prank, and he like drops a song about how he. You know, fuck Trump and this and that. So, and so he's a he's a genius. Uh, well, sorry, but like, Donald Glover beat you to it. Well, no, yeah. but then people will be like, "Oh, God, Kanye's a genius." And he's not a genius. He's a good musician, and and he he makes. He's a creative music. genius. He's, a crea- he's not the the self proclaimed creative, creative but genius. His douchiness, his douchiness makes me not ever want to listen to his music. Like it just total turn off. Like just okay, because I well, know, obviously, yeah. But no, just yeah, show he's that had be, some cool songs, whatever. I've never been a big, huge Yeezy fan in same, the first but, place. So this all happening, honestly, has just been a bit comedic to me because I'm just like, you idiot. Like, I already didn't really dig you, but now you're just being an idiot. And yeah, great. He has a new album coming out. Maybe there's some tiny, like, press motivation behind that where they're trying to just get him attention. Me, like, yeah. So slavery is a choice. That was a Choice words, yeah. Kanye. Choice words. He's yeah. he's getting really cocky. I don't upset. know what he's trying to do with this, like think, trying to yeah. make waves, but he's making the wrong waves. I think, in my yeah, what do you do? Exactly. I agree with that. What I, do you do if, do if someone you've looked up to though, like like a kid, you know, that's finally like starting Mike Ryersy, but but someone you looked up to like starts turning really like just. Shitty. I'll tell you because I'm friends with Mike Ryersy, and yeah. um, ah, we just cool. had him on a previous episode, Ghost Channels. He is a huge Kanye fan. In fact, I think he probably. If you go listen to that podcast, you can hear him talking about how much how much he thinks Kanye's the goat and how much he loves Kanye, and that's cool. It's whatever. You can definitely hear um, Kanye's influence and like the Lays and Low project that Mike did mm-hmm. and stuff like that. He's a, he's been a Yeezy fan forever, mm-hmm. um, but this is pissing him off. Yeah, this he was cool. not happy about this. I remember yeah. I sent him like one meme, kind of mocking the whole situation, mm-hmm. being like, you know, fuck Kanye. Um, and normally he would just not even entertain those kinds of things that I send him that shit on Kanye because he's just like he's a defense. He's like yeah, he's a Kanye yeah whatever. Apologist. He, well, he'll just be like, you know, we don't have to like the same things. And I'm like, uh, halal. That's his answer to most of the, like hey, if I give. Kanye shit he's like you know what I don't really care what you think because I like it and doesn't matter and that's totally fine but then recently I sent him a slavery is a choice meme like the the, one of the viral tweets that I was just talking about and he was like that was the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back with with him was the mega hat at first was like are you serious Mike is yeah very like he has very strong opinions about that kind of stuff so that pissed him off to begin with I don't think he was like washed his hands of him yet at that point. And then this whole slavery is a choice thing kind of sent it, in my opinion, 
it's going to be hard for Mike to come back to like appreciating Kanye as a person ever again. But I think he'll still like right. his music. Right, right. But yeah, I think that there you go. Like, yeah. imagine huh. if somebody you totally revered and totally made your music after became a total dickhead. Mm. That happened. Yeah. And um, that's a good. T- actually, that's yeah. That's a good point. He I can mean, still like his thing. music. If we didn't, if we were like not allowed to like people's music who were shitty people, then we would not <laughs> like have some of the greatest songs of all time. I mean, MJ. I'm sorry, but I like Chris Brown's music. I think he's a terrible person, but I don't think that making good music or being a good person is a prerequisite to making yeah. good music. And that's, that's, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It doesn't have to be, and that sucks, sort of. And mm-hmm. you cannot respect someone. I mean, people say Jack White's kind of crazy, <laughs> but people love him. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. you can be crazy and a dickhead. Ginger Baker, as hey. long as you're making really awesome music and are a really crazy good drummer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we know those people, too. It's the yin and yang of life. So Kanye is not the GOAT anymore. And let's talk about the GOAT. He won a Pulitzer Prize. He likes to go by Kendrick oh, Lamar. Kendrick. Yeah. Uh, and he won a Pulitzer Prize for his album, Damn. He's the first, I believe, uh, hip-hop artist or rapper. He was, the fir- he was the first rapper. He's not only the first rapper, but the first um, artist across any genre since the Pulitzer Prize expanded to music mm-hmm. in 1943 um, that is not classical <laughs> or jazz. But a lot of the Pulitzer, in my understanding, is based around the writing. Because that's originally what the Pulitzer was for. So it's not, I mean, yeah, it is composition as part of it, but I think it's a lot of the like poeticism or whatever of what he's doing that was more of their like deciding factor. And that's uh, where I say that I think Nas yeah. was doing just as like lyrically complex and like. Well, the Pulitzer, so the Pulitzer, there are 13 Pulitzer Prizes given out across genres or categories that is the Pulitzer Prize each year. So he won for music. Okay. Yeah. Not, okay, not like and that's a, what I'm saying. Pulitzer so, Prize, which is so, interesting because I never knew that. Think and I always this. wanted to know. He, he's and had, now I know. He's had Thundercat um, on bass. You know, yeah. he's like this amazing yeah. bassist. Um, he pulled uh, Kamasi Washington, amazing saxophone yep. player who has his own big band himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got uh, Kid Capri. Dre uh, produced. Wait, hold on. Dre. Uh, yeah, Dre's a big one of his big mentors. Yeah, exactly. And he executive produced the album. I mean, so you got these huge hitters too. So I mean, the musicality on that album was just was flaw- like flawless. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. From a musical standpoint, because I mean, yeah, from music standpoint, I agree with that. When I listen to music, even if it has words, I'm pretty much listening to the instrumental part first. That's like forefront for me as a musician yeah but i mean that's not what it was i mean people freaked out about this album because of its lyrical content even pitchforks write up on it talks about how like compelling his storytelling is and this and that i think fashion is just as a compelling storyteller as kendrick is to be completely honest but yeah i i mean i'm not trying to downplay kendrick's talent at all i just think that it's it's all interesting Mm -hmm. so um i'm gonna come clean here and say i haven't listened to the album yet um, well, you've heard songs from it. They're all yeah, on the radio. Yeah, you've yeah. probably heard DNA at the very least, and you've definitely heard Humble. And that's the, yeah, yeah. I, for sure, I've heard. Um. Anyway, so but yeah. I want to listen to the whole album. His second album was really good. It was like it was really long though. It was hard to listen to. Hmm. I think all most hip hop albums are so much longer than like electronic stuff. So it's kind of like yeah. daunting when I open up a track listing for a hip hop album. I'm like, damn bro, like 22 songs. You, who do you think you are? Timberland? Like and they're all like six. They're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Minutes. Oh my God. Pause. Can we talk about Timberland really quick? Wait, do we have to pause? What are, what, yeah. Yeah. We're done talking about Kendrick because oh, I thought you were Justin about Timberlake the podcast. put out, <laughs> I'm like, wait, why? Justin Timberlake put out 
a new album called Man of the Woods. Yeah. Because he now permanently lives He's in uh, at the Yellowstone oh, yes, Club with Jessica Biel. <laughs> is that ooh, in Bozeman? Ooh, that is in Big Sky. Uh, Big Sky. That's about 45 minutes out of Bozeman. When we so go back where to where I'm your... from. Um, and so he lives there permanently now. Mm-hmm. He wrote this album there and recorded it there, it I seems... think. So was he out in the woods or was he out? He's out in the most ritzy <laughs> ski club. And the most, I mean, John Travolta out. is a member of the Yellowstone Club. Uh, David Letterman is a member of the Yellowstone Club. I've got friends that I went to college with that serve down there and they make about like $35 an hour plus tips to serve Jeez. at the Yellowstone Club. Like it is super ritzy, but yeah, Mr. Man of the Woods. Um, who I used to love. This kind of pissed me off. <laughs> I loved Justin Timberlake. I loved Love Stone. I loved the 2020 experience. I thought all those albums were f- phenomenal. I think he laid it total egg with Man of the Woods. He's not a Man of the Woods. He has a song on the album called Montana. Not at one at any time yep. throughout it does he reference Montana or even say the word. F- it doesn't sound like it is from montana like there's no like you know country or bluegrass or folky influence on it literally whatsoever about about it every single song has the worst lyrical content i think i've ever heard they're all like first draft terrible like oh baby i need you baby oh yeah like everything is literally like that and it's garbage i knew you would react this way because i was even disappointed in the instrumentals which were done by freaking timberland he used like the basic serum preset that comes with serum in the very first track of the song and uses it over and over and over again i was talking about to somebody about this like why didn't jt have somebody that actually makes electronic music produce (laughs) this if they were going to be using like sound design in that like context maybe he was challenging himself well here's the thing people that make popular (laughs) people that make popular music like timbaland he recognizes that this new trend is coming out you know that Mm. electronic music is coming out but he's not familiar enough with it to be able to make it so that's really what it is i think you're completely 100 percent wrong go listen to that song and your opinion will completely change it's garbage okay let's let's take a second (laughs) let's take a second um i it's terrible i feel really bad i've stopped like listening to any any songs that are coming out that's very edgy of you no it's not i just i feel out of the loop then listen to some freaking music anyway Justin Timberlake's album sucks. I'm pissed <laughs> that's off. Your, that's I'm your pissed assessment. off at Timbaland for Wait, using Megan. such garbage sound presets. Well, what, do you I, grade, what do you grade this album? This Zero. album, uh, relatively, it, like two. relatively Suck, to Love Stone and 2020 Experience. What's Love I would Stone? Say, I don't remember that one. What was that? That was like his first JT oh, album Justified? that made him popular. No, like Justified was bleh, whatever. Who cares? I Justified was pretty tight. That was all right. You were young. It's, yeah, that's and true. no, Love Stone was awesome. I really dug that album. Um, I would give Love Stone like probably, you know, like a nine, honestly. And I would say 2020 experience would be like 7.5 or an eight. I would say that this new album, we're looking at like a three or four. Mm. There's one song on it that I sort of like. It's really princey. And it, I mean, it's like so princey that it's like, okay, come on. Can you not have your own style here? Like it's over the top princey. Yeah. Um, and so I can't even like credit that really. Cause I'm yeah. like, okay, well this wasn't even your style. Like it's not the normal JT style. There are a few Timbaland beats on there that sound like the normal JT style, but the lyrical content just ruins the whole entire thing. You, well, the I fact figured that he you didn't write be... one line that's like, I can't be without you, baby. Yeah. Ooh, girl. I figured oh, you'd be yeah. pissed. I, I, like, that's the whole album. After, I just, after... you listened to it. I just did yeah. it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I figured you'd be pissed just because of the Montana thing. 
You know, he's going there and he's like, I'm from Montana now. No, he doesn't. He didn't say that one time in there. And the whole thing that also made me mad about it is several times on the album, he he makes sure to mention in hooks and stuff that he's a Southern man. Like, you can't be telling everybody that you're a man of the woods standing in the snow in your album cover where you live with Jessica Biel at the Yellowstone Club, the ritziest ski club in all of Montana, and then be like, I'm a man of the South. That's my pride. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, get out of here. I'm, yeah. I'm sad, man. That's the Montana on top of his, woman coming up, standing up. No, that's, I get on it. On top of your terrible Super Bowl performance, this album is I, I equivalent. I thought the Super Bowl yeah. performance was kind of cool. Okay, well, I'm sorry that you don't have eyes. <laughs> I thought it was kind of cool. I watched it twice. Okay, well, I don't uh, know what was wrong with you. How high were you? I uh, am. How high were you? Didn't we all watch it together? Yeah. After this, I'm just gonna say I'm impartial to that, just for to avoid another rant. Yeah. To me? Yeah, <laughs> you went on one there. Yeah, Woo! I needed like to, dude. Eight, <laughs> you went on for like eight minutes. I'm right really there. frustrated about it, dude, because JT is one of my favorite, like one of the few top forty people that I really respect anymore, and it's starting to dwindle, and it pisses me off. Shit happens, man. Um, yeah, it does happen. Shit happened. It's I, called I, Man of the Woods. I, 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 yeah, I love shit JT happens, too. man of the woods. I, I, he's amazing. <laughs> Amazingly um, talented. I mean, but this is just like my opinion, man. Speaking but of everybody's albums, entitled to my own opinion. Speaking of speaking album. of albums, should we do album of the week? Um, yeah. So I was well, yeah. man. I didn't even get to say it. I, that's what you I wanted to say. You don't have to say it. Well, I don't, that's not, no, 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 no. I, I know. I just wanted to say it before the actual say it, like the jingle thing Why? that goes on. And it's now just, it's time for. It's like you guys took away my slow clap. Oh, sorry. That could have been it right oh, there. Shit. <sighs> say it. Go. Uh, I'm now nervous. Don't oh. sing it. We have the jingles. Just present the jingle. Let's do album of the week. Do a jingle. Ooh, let's make a jingle for the One, jingle. Two, three. And now it's is time for the jingle for the album. No, of stop the week. saying fucking album of the week. We already have a thing that fucking says that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Ugh. Album of the week. Oh my God. Go. Go ahead. Now it's fucking time for blank. Jingle insert here. Insert fucking jingle right here. Album of the week. I have to edit this quick. <laughs> okay, what? Jingle here. Go. Yeah, let's just do it. What's your freaking album, Pat? I, I haven't decided yet. Oh, my God. KYS. I, I have been listening to um, a lot of uh, Tom Mish. Tom who Mish? Mish. I love Tom Mish, Mish dude. Mish. Tom Mish. He's amazing. Um, He's really sexy. Yeah, and so <laughs> you know his. I you just, should have you seen his um really quick? Have you seen his, uh what is that show? Against the clock on no. YouTube. He Tom no. Mish has an Against the Clock, which if you guys haven't heard of that, it's this thing where people get ten <clears throat> minutes on a timer to produce something from scratch. How do you do? It's really cool. I guess and I'll find um, out. they I'll have tons and tons of artists on there, like analog, like hardware artists, techno artists, like every genre. Tom Mish is like a really cool sort of like almost like a better version of Thomas Jack. Everybody should check out this thing. It's ten minutes where they get to produce from scratch and it's really cool and Tom Mish has one. Yeah, that that would actually be really really fun to do. I think it would be really cool to match like the the DJs that we know. Like what if you want what if you did that for a, a video with like let's say I mean I do do that on Snapchat. Yeah, in fact, the last true. thing that I did was that Missy Elliott remix that I did in like two hours on Snapchat, and it has eighty thousand plays now. Well, oh, you know what? Um, 
What is your Snapchat name for others to follow? At Funky Pebbles 69. Funky Pebbles 69. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's like the broiest, <laughs> like coming from the broiest person that like you could possibly do. I know. How that's did, remember when we came up I with that Snapchat that. in like the basement? And I it was we like, were in the car. I think we were in the, I don't know, or like you did a logo in the basement and we might have, yeah, we might have been in the car. We were with Tim. And we were like... I was using your phone still for Snapchat. That's right, because you didn't have a phone at the time. <laughs> Phoneless. Yeah, anyways, follow her. I mean, it's, it's... I am always cracking up at some of the things that you're doing. Like, oh my gosh. Like, when you're on tour and some of the incredible experiences that you're having, when I'm not able to join you, I'm just like, oh, she didn't text me today to come over. <laughs> no. <Aww. laughs> uh, but... <laughs> No, yeah, uh, so Tommy, is, um, yeah, he's just, so he's just, what's the album? So the album is, um, uh, it's over here, Lost, uh, Geography, and it's got all these, probably my favorite song in it is uh, Lost in Paris the, featuring Goldlink. I mean, Goldlink is just an incredible person and musician in, in general. I totally agree with that. I love Goldlink. Yeah. So, um, last line from him I don't even use a notebook, I ain't Ryan Goslin. <laughs> Dang, I'm so bad with lyrics too, so I can't even come up with like I. I think the best lyric I came up with was "Oh baby, oh, oh baby, baby, oh baby, I baby. love you, oh baby, I love you, Some... oh baby." No. <laughs> I stick to my saxophone and piano and everything else, and I'm not writing lyrics. Oh baby. All right, my I album of the week. You. All right. Is appropriately timed. It's Jamiroquai's Traveling Without Moving. Um, oh my gosh. Did you just, just see him? Yeah, me and Pat got to go see Jamiroquai in San Francisco at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium, and it was incredible. Yeah, it looked incredible from best, Snapchat. Yeah, some of the best. Uh, I mean, the bass player <laughs> was just mesmerizing. That was so cool. And yeah. he was so on point. It's insane. Um, Pat, would you like to give us a little history lesson on where the name Jamiroquai comes from? Um, I think I think it's just from combining the two words, Jamiroquai, jam? with uh, jam. Because, like, I don't know, jam band, jamming out. And it was, the early, it was like, like the early 90s. And I think he was maybe, I guess, into the Iroquois people. Is that, is I think that he the, thought the Iroquois word was really just cool. He, of the cool Iroquois word. nation, like the Native oh, yeah. Iroquois nation. This yeah, is true like story. Native American history. Maybe yeah. he was really into Native American well, history. Well, also, Hi. let's just talk Hi. really quickly about how English uh, JK, people are not, not influenced by the Native American um, cultural appropriation thing. Because he never dealt with that like Americans did, you know? Mm. Correct. And so he wears a Native headdress in music videos and we were kind of talking about if we feel like that's cultural appropriation uh, when right. he never it, when he's part I mean technically it was the English that came over here and did that but at the same time do, does I, I'm just wondering curious does that still apply because I don't know he wasn't I, I, is he necessarily involved in the genocide of an entire race here's the yeah. thing is is he when we say he, when we say he it's JK okay well yeah the band not the band yes yes yeah. yes um, but is it because he doesn't live in America? He doesn't do everything in America. That is, is, are we hypersensitive over here in America? Well, no, we just killed a lot of Native Americans. So, as an American culture, it would be uncool to wear things like headdresses and stuff because we're taking something that was sacred to them, which is like a crown, and basically using it so we can go party and shit. Well, yeah. yeah Where yeah. so okay, he that didn't. He's not American. Yes. So even though the, it was the English that came over here and did that, does he get held to the same? 
standards as Americans. I don't know. Is he uh, is he allowed to wear? Well, I mean, he's, he's That's gotten this far question. without the controversy. So, I mean, geez. He's, he's <laughs> well, he's not wearing that hat anymore. Now he's wearing the automaton hat. Oh, I, I've never seen Oh, my God. Life. He had this crazy cool hat on. It would, like, move, <laughs> and it changed colors with the whole entire, um, like, stage production. What? It was, like, ran by the front of house. It was really cool. Okay, well. Anyway, Traveling Without Moving is awesome. Obviously, the first track on it is Virtual Insanity. Futures made of virtual insanity. And then... um. Cosmic Girl, number two. Um, all Right is on here, which is my favorite track. Yeah, all right, we'll spend the night together and wake up and live forever. And then um, Pat's favorite track, Digirama, the oh, yeah, didgeridoo track on here. Yeah. And then um, I Know What We're Doing Is Traveling Without Moving. It's obviously on here, this, the title track. Yeah, it's, um, all, it's all great. Yeah, it came out in 96 from Sony. And it's fantastic. If you haven't listened to Traveling Without Moving, you should go do that. Do you think that's why they got invited to play Coachella? Is because he wears a native headdress? That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And yeah. Okay, really side note about Coachella. So at Coachella, he brought Snoop Dogg on stage, and they did a track together. Um, And then he did not play Virtual Insanity, which is like, I'd say, top two songs of all Jamiroquai arguably, with next to canned heat, probably because of Napoleon Dynamite. Right. So um, people were pissed that yeah. he didn't play Virtual Insanity at Coachella. Good. People were bitching about it. But Good. then when we saw him in San Francisco, played it. he brought up that he played with Snoop Dogg, and I was like, yo, you better not be talking about Snoop Dogg right now if you're not going to bring him out on stage, which he did not do. Mm. But then he proceeded to play Virtual Insanity. So, nice. I mean, I can't even be mad. They got Snoop Dogg. We got Virtual Insanity. I think I'd rather have it that way. So... Anyway, Pat, mm, what's your favorite album? No, your My album favorite of album of the week? I thought we weren't doing this song. I thought we weren't doing yeah. yeah. We already went, not to, we all didn't right. want to introduce <laughs> it as such. Okay, all right, we're not right, opening right. that can. Moving on. Um, I don't know. I, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of torn between a few. And I think I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with uh, Brown Sugar by D'Angelo. Oh, yeah. some R&B action. I'm going with some uh, some. R&B yeah. came out in 2000. I, I wasn't into it at the time because I was in like middle school and like sexy male R&B music was not really like my jam, you know? Really? That Unbelievable. Was not, like not my demographic. You know, I was listening to it's, like Tupac and stuff like that. It's so funny you say that because I have been getting into like, yeah, soul and R&B like yeah. crazy lately. It's just... Yeah. Anyway, I don't know anyway, if that's an old, like, getting older as a man thing or... Yeah, or. I don't know. Well, I, I started to get into it in college because my roommate was a big D'Angelo fan. Mm. And um, he invited me, when he was back from the military, he invited me to go to a D'Angelo show because those, like, didn't exist at the time. This was maybe 2008 or something, 2009 at First Half. And he was playing, like, you, four or five shows. That's when he became a, a soul man. Yeah, and he was playing man. with uh, Questlove from The Roots. Okay. Mm. Wow. And I went to go see that show, and it was amazing yeah and then absolutely fucking amazing yeah. and then i just started listening to all the albums i heard most of them um from being a, his roommate just yeah. him playing them like yeah no that's but that's amazing it's tom mish that it's did it for really me. good really jazzy stuff i didn't realize until i saw him live that he was a such a talented instrumentalist he's a keyboard player mm. and it's all it was all improv between he and Questlove. it was amazing yeah, Woo. yeah. Anyway, so He's a soul um, man. yeah, this is uh, well. Actually, no, this came out in 1995. I'm sorry, I said 2000 earlier. But yeah, check You're it fired. out. But I think it's his first album, Brown Sugar. Check it out. It's really good. It's only 10 tracks. It's quick. 
jazzy, really cool, cool. Um, horn lines and stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. real quick side note. Um, Deltron 3030 is coming out with a new album with Amp Live, which I just released a song with Amp Live. I mean, not Deltron. That would be uh, quite a bucket list thing. But um, yeah, so Deltron, Del and uh, Amp Live are putting an album out together. They're on tour right now trying to like get people stoked about it and cool. it mm. sounds pretty freaking cool already and it's the first thing dell's put out in a hot minute mm-hmm. so everybody's super stoked about it yeah let's so get that. pumped y'all and talk about getting pumped this sunday is the first communion of the summer and it's so exciting because communion next, no, meets. It's next, next sunday next 20th it's next it's not, yeah, it's 20th. yeah. yep Oh, 520. All right. Same weekend as Art of World, but whatever. Art of World, Schmart of World. Um, mm-hmm. Communion's happening at the poorhouse. Communion signals that it is finally summer to me. Yeah. Actually, I was just going to just uh, plug. I was going to plug something. I'm playing like three times for Art of World at the AML. Um, that's where I live. That's where all the ma- like all the music comes up um, for me. And that's where I create basically everything in my life ever there um no so we're playing at i i think it's just like a project you know what's funny we haven't even written out all the songs or yeah. finished anything and um so i'm playing at 6 i think p.m on friday uh march 18th or may 18th and and the next day with uh johannes ray my old band yeah um with lead singer of him and also uh i think exotic matter yeah we're gonna yep. have a set too so you're um, playing three times over Artwork. three that's times that's yeah. great so and that's all gonna be at the emails you can check that out friday and then two times saturday yeah even the city my name is in the city papers woo uh, it's gonna be a fun weekend no, it's gonna be Artwell and then communion and yeah i get to work yeah, all weekend yeah, and so i'm, I'm playing in boulder there i'm playing in boulder oh, next weekend guys, as really? well so i'll be in, in boulder with evanoff at the fox theater on um friday friday night is it? I forget. It's the 18th. I don't know if it's Friday, Friday or Saturday. Friday. Okay, so Friday Friday. night, next Friday night, I'll be in Boulder playing at the Fox Theater up on the hill. And then, yeah, I'll come back um, on Saturday just in time to hit communion. So anyway, um, everybody make a big round of applause at your work desk for Centrific. Steve Centrific with us today. Thank you for coming to kick it. Thanks for having me. Yes, the king of <laughs> Minneapolis techno. Tech yes. Hmm. Woo! That just reminded me of on that um, on that Mortified Nation thing on Netflix where this like Asian guy's reading his diary from when he was really young and he's like, I hate piano. I hate that my mom makes me take it. I hate going to class. That's why it's, it's got a good name. Piano. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But that's not the case with tech, no. Yeah, tech, yes. Tech, yes. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> and here we are with nothing to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> now that we're actually starting, we'd like talk. So you just had the 20th anniversary of your event in Telefunk, correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was How was that? Two weeks ago. Uh, it was awesome. It was a really kind of crazy journey from start to finish, like, producing this thing, because... I worked on getting the venue for probably about a year and a half. Wow. And even through the process of, like I kind of delayed doing my final booking and stuff like that into the beginning of the year, even though I wanted to do it at the end of last year, just because I hadn't locked the space down 100%. And even once I did get it, there was this whole up and down with the people involved, even though they were really cool, they were just like kind of back and forth a little. And then it, it, it was like 
a really emotional experience, you know, because at some point I had to just say, all right, we're going to go with this. It's your baby. Like, this is your baby. Like, this yeah. is your, like, thing that you've been, like, cultivating. Well, the thing is, is, like, I didn't do any sort of anniversary party till 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then we did one, and it was, like, mm-hmm. super, super legendary. Like, uh, we called it IPH 1138. And it was, like, a whole, like, uh, THX 1138 themed, like, party. Nice. And, and so uh, that party went really great, and it had like a really awesome crowd. And then in 15 year hit, we were like, all right, we got to top this. So we called that one over the top, and that one <laughs> it absolutely ended up being over the top because uh, it was right at the time when the devious one Zach uh, he had just bought a whole bunch of speakers. And so we used him for sound, and on that party as well, we lost the space, like, really close to the event. And we got another one, like, literally, like, ten days before. (laughs) And it was, like, a much smaller room, but we used the same amount of speakers. So, like, it was, like, really ridiculous event. We had, like, great turnout, great lighting, great everything, and, like... Haven't done anything that even touched it since. Well, I mean, the, so the twentieth came up, so it had to be like over the top, over top. the top of that. And it then had the thirtieth is like people are gonna die. No. I mean, like who knows? I don't know if I'll make it that far. <laughs> but e- e- either way, this this event had to deliver in, in my mind. So that part of it was very stressful, and uh, we. My partner, Dustin Zahn, uh, who I've been working with since like 2004, uh, he lives in Berlin now. So he's been there since 2011. It's it's definitely been like, we don't do too many Intellifunk parties because of that. And other, also because communion has been like a, more of a focus the last several years because it really took off. That's um, great. It's packed. Every, loud. every time I go there, it's like people are just, it's packed and people are just I love having it. a blast. Yeah, no, it's, it's, too much it's fun really I means a lot to people. <laughs> and that was the reason, that was the reason to make it the focus for the last few years, you know, yeah. is how much it means to people. Yep. And so this thing though really needed to deliver. So the space I got is like about a mile from here and it's like, 35,000 square foot warehouse that used to be a factory of some sort in the 40s, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what my electrician was in there, like, trying to do stuff with the power box. Oh, and, and, like, he said that the thing was marked like 1937, you know? Oh, wow. So, like, it, the place is, like, just, like, made to have a party in it, pretty much. So. That's exciting. We we got that together. We also had uh, our our lighting guy Max uh, Math Static, who's like basically went on to like uh, he's the lighting designer for Tyler the Creator now. Wow! So like he's like constantly on tour, and so like the chances of us being actually able to get him for this was like really slim. Like he was doing Coachella like the week before. You whoa, know, whoa, like whoa. his, like, just bar- barely fitting just it in. Him in. Yeah, yeah. And just like I guess I have a, a day. Yeah. So like the, the just a lot of the elements that came together for it 
were just like really sounds like it was meant to happen it, it and and the other part of it was that i've been really wanting to a lot of the good techno events that happen in minneapolis aren't like plastered all over facebook kind of with an mm. event page and all of that kind of stuff so i kind of really especially for this i wanted to go more that that route i mean we put the flyers all over facebook but we didn't make an event page or anything like that so i didn't really know what we were going to get for a turnout like when you do stuff on facebook you have all that feedback you mm -hmm. kind of have a pretty good idea yeah. what you're going to get i had no clue so going into it the week before was just scary as hell and that night everything just like worked out like perfect yeah. i mean like we had very little issues like with the with the problem you know with sound like my sound guy andy fitton like designed like huge sound system that incorporated like all of our speakers that from like all of our group you didn't have the like 1940 fuse box like blow up or fire we had to get a generator okay oh that was the whole thing like i had my guy come in my guy andy fargo come in like two weeks ahead of time and like check it out and we decided it had to be done oh man and you know like obviously added a lot more to the budget you know or like freaking out anyways <laughs> but the it was very cool because uh i've been wanting to do an event that was like there's been a million shows that was an after party that went till well into the next day or parties that ended up by chance going well into the next day i wanted to be able to say we're gonna go from 10 to 10 and like have it be a planned thing mm. that people knew they were like supposed to be there for and people came with that intention of being there to the end of the night and that was the best part you know like it was pretty inspiring to see that happen one of my main things like at this point isn't just like to be a dj or a promoter but to kind of like push the buttons of the culture and what we're doing with it here in Minneapolis. Like, yes. obviously you go to like New York, LA, go to places in Europe where it's like nightlife, it's like a normal thing that it goes on through the weekend and doesn't end, you know? But yeah. here it's very, very different. Even the way people go out is very different. It's, be it's beautiful. You know? It's kind of beautiful in that like sense too. And you're like one of the leading, you know, techno drivers like here in this city too. So you're doing these. There's a lot of people doing their part, but De definitely, yeah. yeah. But and I not to, you know, I, not discount them. I definitely, I definitely have like kind of started to not shy away from taking some credit for things because oh, I have been doing it forever like, or whatever. But at the same time, there's a, so many people, whether like. You know, Devious One and Dustin and, mm -hmm. like, you know, JP owning his place, yep. uh, the system guys, like, so so many people, like, from, like, the top end of it as far as, like, the old guys like me to, like, young folks that have just been into it a few years that are really, like, like Dave Eckblad and Andy Fitton, like, what they're doing with, with speakers and stuff right now and, like, they're getting so into the math and the like how we like produce our shows is becoming more like technical all the time and mm -hmm. like that's what's like really driving 
a lot of it right now where I can be like, okay, my thing is push culture. And these guys are like, my thing is like no nerd stuff about speakers. Yeah. And like it, it all works together, you know, and it's... But how did you start in, into techno? How did that happen? How did I start? Yeah, let's, yeah, go, let's, go, let's, let's go, go back in time. Let's go to the beginning for our listeners who aren't, aren't quite familiar. I think, I think like, li- literally, like, uh, as far as, like, electronic music goes and stuff like that, my, my earliest stuff would have been, like, uh, you know, my mom brought me home this KTEL Records cassette tape once you know like it came in the package and it had like a poster in it with like breakdance moves and it was called like electric breakdance and like the song electric kingdom is on there it's like kind of like this old school like uh electro thing or whatever and i think that was like my first like real like thing to like you know like a like an electronic drum beat or something yeah yeah but as like a teenager, I was more like uh, I fell into more like punk rock and like noise music and like kind of like um, industrial music and mm-hmm. stuff. Sure. Do you feel like there's a correlation with like the genres people dig before they go into techno and like as opposed to going into like other areas of electronic music? Yeah, because I find that there. I was into more like poppy kind of shit, and I like still am. You know, like yeah. I think honestly that was like one of my. So One of the things of that I drew too. that drew me to like, um, I'd been to like a, a handful of events. This is probably like 1996. I like end of '95. I started going to some stuff. Like '96, like was when I like was like, holy shit, this is what I want to do with my life or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I thought about it was that. Um, <sighs> whatever this music was there was room for just about anybody's like personality to be fit into it whether or not they'd have an audience is a whole different thing but somewhere (laughs) out there there's some somebody who's like you that's like connect you know like i I found it to be more like a language than just like music or something you know Mm -hmm. it was like calling to me in this like speaking to me like weird you know like i really like liked like really kind of hypnotic like machine music you know Mm -hmm. and like it was kind of like speaking to me in some other language or something you know and i think that like that um that part of it made me know that like there had to be other other people that were into other things that like it would tie them into it too, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think ke- techno is one of the few genres that's been able to like manage its demographic and kind of sort of keep most of the douchebags out of it. Like, I think it just has to do with the, th- the whole like basis of it though, is that like most sure. of the people into it, like I said, like you're like what I was kind of starting to get back to is that you said like whether or not like the stuff you're into before, mm-hmm. Like, I think, you know, for me, I was into, like, very, like, almost kind of militant kind of, like, stuff, like, punk rock, and, like, like I really loved Public Enemy when they first came out, right, like, right. Uh, really, like, stuff where, like, people had, like, some sort of, like, message. word and a message also- to what they were saying, but then, like, around... Like that happened for me through junior high and high school. I graduated high school in 93. 
So by like 92-ish, like there was already like this whole like Lollapalooza like kind of um, sort of almost like gentrification of like what had been going on in the 80s of like um, kind of what later they started calling on the radio and on MTV like alternative music or something, right, you know? Right. And, <laughs> and, that, so, it, and like at the beginning, that was a lot of DIY type stuff. Yeah, and which was exciting. Was which a, was exciting. Started as a DIY festival. When people look at it now, um, it's kind of been bastardized from its original vision. Uh, and when you go back and talk about punk rock and like those types of shows, the correlation with I well, think a even, lot of the techno even shows that beginning like of Lollapalooza stuff. was kind of almost like a like how can we package it and put it for the people? You know what I mean? Like yeah. Perry Farrell, like like right. Jane's Addiction is like one my like one of my early like huge influences and like with along with like a lot of other <laughs> random things of that time, but like all these things that were like very exciting and like kind of in your face or pushing your buttons or whatever. Right. And then like, it was a cool thing, like the vision of like putting like Lollapalooza together and whatever, but it was like the beginning of it. Like when I was a kid, you saw like all these bands that had nothing, like you saw them in the back of magazines and stuff like Thrasher mm. magazine or something right, like that. Right. Then you started to see like something like REM have like a major label like debut like mm -hmm. in like around eighty seven. Then like around eighty nine, you saw like things like um, Sonic Youth get like a major label like release. Right. Then like by like ninety one, they were knowing like this is like what they're gonna do. Like it, they're like trying to push like the Jane's Addiction album that came out at that period. Boom, Nirvana comes out, that's what finally hits. Yep. You know, so it was like, for me, I had kind of like been through this process till it got to a point where like, okay, it's kind of gotten a little boring and stale. It's on the radio now. Like, it's not on the college radio that I have to like look for. Right. It's just like I turn the dial and there's two stations I can choose right, from right. pumping alternative music to so me. So there, there's like a, uh, like a joy to just kind of like finding that new yeah. sound and like that that like what's next and, and who's pushing the limit yeah like in the pre-internet yeah, days too when you touch on like zines and stuff like that and everybody had you had to seek it out and yeah. you might even hear a track if you listen to college radio and you're like well what the fuck was that i gotta figure that out yeah how exactly. funny that was what was so and that's awesome. what it was like even yeah. when i was still in high school to a point you still couldn't i mean even though the internet existed for a while, you still had to seek out some of these songs you would hear on like this bizarre radio. And even if you're listening back to weird classic rock stations and they wouldn't talk about this one weird one-off song and you wanted to go back and dig into well, it, it sucks and try to figure it out. college radio stations are all correlated with, most people don't, I mean like you guys know this, but most people don't know that they're like correlated with third party places like Tinderbox and stuff like that. So basically right. they get sent you know, every month, like, Blalock's indie playlist, essentially, yeah. like, Pitchfork's yeah. top yeah. 100 tracks yeah. of the last yeah. month, and they go through there, and they pick, like, 80 of them, and then every single college radio station in the country plays those songs. Yeah, Lost oh, Are the Days of the Real DJs. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, not allowed to like, really... I think few and far between, we'll see if some of I, our friends or some people yeah. we know being on the radio and yeah. being able to play some of their the own culture, stuff, but that's far the culture between. still exists, like you yes. said, like, even after the internet, whatever, it, it still exists now, it always existed all along. KFA is really like, cool with that. It's just blown over with like the way culture is right now mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. But like what I was gonna say is that like when all that period there was a period of time 
where like all of a sudden like all the music I grew up on was suddenly kind of commercial and there was all this like kind of fodder coming in or whatever and that's kind of when I went to started just to listening to like Miles Davis and John Coltrane and like got really in, back into Pink Floyd and like into the deep stuff and the weird stuff mm -hmm. and I got really into noise music and really into just like other electronic music that wasn't techno or wasn't like dance music you know right and then but I was looking for like a place to be mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden like I went to a few parties I went to this thing called Closer for, it was a 95, 96 um, New Year's thing at the Roy Wilkins Auditorium in St. Paul that Woody McBride did. Oh, cool. And, and uh, then, then that spring I went to Even Further, which was like the third Even Further, and this is the party that everybody talks about that was like the Daft Punk first first ever performance in the US. Yeah, I heard about that in the article in City Pages. Yeah. You, you had mentioned that too, and it's like, you got to see this like this first Daft Punky type. Yeah, and I mean, literally, like, like they literally had a couple, they had a, like, yeah. They had before, a couple of singles yeah. out, before and like, if you were a Punk DJ, Daft you might Punk. know who they were. Yeah. And like, if you were walking around that party, <laughs> all weekend, <laughs> like you heard like Rolling and Scratching and Defunk, like those, Two mm -hmm. tracks, especially, were playing out of every DJ's like tent or car or whatever. But like um, seeing that that there, it was like really electrifying because it just felt like, oh, these guys are gonna, this is gonna be huge. Not even just like Daft Punk is gonna be huge or something, but like this this thing was gonna be like monstrous as mm -hmm. far as like what it was doing for like kids. Not, I don't mean huge as far as like commercial success, I mean, like, cause a ripple in, like, culture and society. Yeah, you and, saw, like, the inception of the movement, of the, a newer movement that was going to, like, when you say when Nirvana hit, and then everybody knew about it, uh, this was, when was that, 95, 96, you said? Um, the, the actual, that is, I started getting into, like, or, uh, stuff. Well, the third, third year further, the third further. Oh, yeah, that was 96. 96, so, like, you saw, it was almost, like, eight years before it popped like yeah. mainstream type of thing. Well, the thing. thing is, it's like, so if you were around at that time, you know how like everybody bitches about the techno people being like, oh, <laughs> you weren't around for this, like yeah. you missed the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Well, like literally at that time, all you would hear about is either like, if you weren't around in 1989 for like the House Nation stuff, which is like the, Thomas Spiegel was like the first, first guy in Minneapolis that was really doing a lot of like events with like house music and stuff and like if beyond that if you weren't there in 92-93 for like the more parties that Woody did in the beginning or whatever you had basically missed out on the whole scene and why were you even bothering to be there so it was like kind of like this whole, it's like a very, like, it's been handed down, like, attitude, like, it's nothing, like, new or whatever, you know? What, do you agree with that? Like, um, like, no, I mean, like, if you, so if you were to go back and look at the more parties, like, uh, that Woody did that I wasn't there for, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, I mean, I, I don't know, but I, of course, have been told the stories so many times over the years. Yes. That, like, you could go and list off, like, you know, he had Richie Houghton, he had, like, Jeff Mills, he had Carl Craig, he had uh, 
basically just about anybody that you can list off from like the early days that got like really huge and ended up being like an influential player like Nate you know worldwide or whatever like were a part of those events interesting and like the same with like the further stuff you know like when I started it was in 96 and like the first further was Apex Twin so like everybody was like, well, if you aren't there for Apex Twin, ah, you're pretty much you just a loser, you know. Like, <laughs> but that's the way I feel like that's the way music always has been across every genre. Is everybody wants to be the person who was part of it first, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. And, and it cycles too. And people will be like, if you weren't at the twentieth and Telefunk, you're a freaking loser. Yeah, that's when things really change, man. <laughs> I, I hope that's the way. Well, <laughs> how good does it feel though to like have like that new song that you discover and you like show your friends like you gotta check this out on yeah, YouTube. It's, hum- it's human nature. It's, it's the like same. It's across all. It's across it's all fun. like art. Like yeah. if you discover an artist, you're like, oh, this is the coolest thing. These guys are the coolest graffiti artists. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe ten years down the road, they're doing yeah. big art shows that people like, are paying. I, I was there first. Thousand dollars. I was yeah, the originator. I saw, I I saw the. I saw their art on a bridge or on a train or whatever. Or you, it's it's across all genres. Yeah. Music, movies. Yeah. yeah. So what's the craziest? I gotta know this. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen at a techno show? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, you can cuss on here, by the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, that would probably be pretty right. easy. It would definitely involve the people out of St. Louis, the superstars of love. They're, they're like this kind of performance art group, and they were like some of the original uh, like rave promoters down there. And I had seen them a couple times played at events that they played at, stuff. And it was always really wild crazy stuff like people in you know like an alien with like a giant penis with like women like who are like draping themselves over him and like just do just this crazy weird shit (laughs) (laughs) like i played at this party in in um missouri or actually, it's in Illinois, Carbondale, Illinois, and it, which is like two hours from St. Louis, I good, think. Good old some, Carbondale. Yeah, some somewhere around there. It's close to St. Louis. Got it. Yeah. And uh, the definitely like, there's definitely when you go to different parts of the country, is with like the raver folks. There's definitely different kinds of ravers. The Minneapolis ravers have always been kind of like clean cut ravers a little bit, <laughs> and like. You know, like it's they're they're usually like kind of like from the suburbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. You know, it's like the, so the down south true. ravers are a little bit more like crunchy and earthy. Yeah, like, a little yeah. bit hippie, a little bit redneck, a little bit like you know, like but vibey. You know, yeah. like a di- yeah. just different. You know, everyone's and still like bringing the good vibes. It's just in a, like a different. It's, it's style. in a different. It's a different style. You know, yeah. like right. Uh, so. When you go go down to like parties down south, if you're from up here, you might be like a little bit more conservative up here sometimes, a no, little I bit just... in their actions and whatever. But so this part, the show is like in this. I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a cave and there's like a pterodactyl fossil in the cave. We're, we're, we're in what, like what the? Um, it's in Carbondale. I don't know. Oh, as as large that venue still. Yeah, that place that. Yeah. down mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And it's it's like this really cool little spot, and it's like you come down this little trail into this little like gully, yeah, and there's like this like cave. literally like a cave with a thing, and it's like put the stage there, 
There's like little goats running around and stuff. Yes. So it's like has this just tripped out vibe, anyways. You know. That's where I, I want to go rave right, right at. You know? Yeah, like, I think the I dude. Who, like the weird I think monkey, the but. dude who, who <laughs> like did those shows maybe got in trouble or something. I don't think they do stuff there anymore. But anyway, <laughs> stole the t local pterodactyl from <laughs> there, the museum. There's uh, the the, this crew out of St. Louis, the the superstars of love, and they're they're pretty they're pretty wild. So this this happened to be like. Um, Father's Day morning. <laughs> How many fathers have missed their call from their sons you know, that morning? And so, like, they're doing their thing, and, like, they kind of, like, play all these, like, weird weird songs and do kind of performance art to them or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like, when we walked up, what was going on was um, this girl who calls herself Paris Hitler was... Uh, she, <laughs> she was lip-syncing Dolly Parton's Daddy's Hands... Well, the guy, I think his name is Gigi Jim or something. He's got, like, leather gloves on, big beard oh, and stuff. Jesus. And she's draped in a Confederate flag. And he's basically, like, molesting her naked body underneath this flag <laughs> while she lip-syncs Daddy's hands on Father's oh, Day morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well thought out, pretty twisted shit. That's yeah. And so I'm sitting there, like, we're, like, hanging out, and Diami Quas, like, comes up to me and hands me, like, a, a, a nitrous canister. And I, like, cleared that, and I was kind of sitting there doing the thing. As I'm like kind of starting to come more back normal, my friend is like talking to me and, and he's like, I can't understand what he's saying because I still just hear wah wah wah. As the wah 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 gets quieter and his voice starts to take over, he's like, That guy over there, that guy's dying. And I'm like, Whoa. what? Because I'm like laughing before this, you know? And then all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, what? So I look over and in front of the DJ, there's a, a guy in a wheelchair and he is like out. Like, like I don't know what, you know, because I hadn't been paying attention and whatever, but this dude's like out and he's like, they're like, you know, poking at him and prodding him, trying to wake him up. He's not waking up. So then, like, security calls, like, for a medic. And in the meantime, the superstars of love, they're all, like, putting a beer in his hand and, like, posing for pictures. <laughs> and, like, they've, like they've, stopped their, they've stopped the music. They're, like, totally, like, posing with this guy and whatever. And it's just, like, I'm, I'm just, like astonished just sitting there and then like they put the guy in a wheel uh in a golf cart and they like start to take him away and like the dude davidian who's like the main guy of the superstars he like hits start on the cd player and it's motley crew kickstart my heart <laughs> so he knew exactly what he was doing. Oh my gosh. Like, wow. That's just that whole scene. I was half expecting for that guy to be in on it and for him to just come to life in the it's golf like, cart. Like, and like get up and start dancing yeah. around. Did you ever find out what happened to him? No. no. <laughs> I'm sure he has survived wow. and everything was fine. Yeah, I think like... I think shortly after that I may have ended my my rave for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. 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 That would, that would kill your vibe be a buzzkill, yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude, I had to ask that question because I read this like AMA the other day and I... 
I think it was George Clinton, but like part of me for some reason is being like, no, but somebody like George Clinton, somebody asked him, what's the craziest thing you ever saw? And it was his story was that this girl like crawled up on stage once while he was playing, pulled her pants down, laid on her back, and smoked a joint with her punani. Oh, jeez. And blew, like, spoke rings in front of the whole crowd. <laughs> He'll suddenly never forget. He's like, easy. This, like, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, That's I don't crazy. know. He's like, oh, yeah. easy. This girl had blue smoke uh, rings on her cheeks. What about you? What's, <laughs> Megan, what's your, I mean. Oh, God. The craziest thing that you've seen, just, like, you, you don't have that easy, like, oh, hooch lady with joint. Uh, man, yours was like seemingly so easy. I feel like my life has <laughs> not been long enough for me really? to have just like a really truly, like uh, inarguably, like, you know, almost mortifying. It's got to be slightly mortifying. I, that think, uh, I gotta imp- say, though, of, of the events like going to Infra and stuff like that, like the kids today go really. Yeah. They do. Okay, here. Do they, that, do you think thank you for bringing up infra because I'll say this wasn't what I was playing. They gas playing. themselves out faster though. <sighs> I think that they party in a different way. Okay. Like we're <laughs> like we're mostly on our feet the whole time, like dancing, go, you know, or like hanging out and just being a bunch of shitbags or whatever. But yeah. I think that it's like more. I think that that is more like hanging out. Yeah. And so, like, the, like, going harder isn't necessarily as much of a problem for them, which kind of scares me a little bit, but it is what it is, and it's, yeah. you know, I, when I go to, like, those types of events, I'm more, I feel like I'm more a spectator than I am, like, necessarily, like, right in there, you know, so yeah. yep. it's kind of sure. more to, like... My research. We like go back to the campsite, and then you know we do a few more things, and we go back out, listen to music, then we go like regroup and. Blah. But even when they were out for the music, I mean, they got like lounge chairs and hammocks. That's so true. And, like, yeah, yeah. yeah not, I mean, we're not, not talking like long, these... grueling hours on the dance floor here. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's like there's yeah. nobody. We're, we're like, like the dance floors aren't. Pa- they're not. They're not packed. The, the area yeah. at like 9 a.m. of yep. people, unless yeah. it's like somebody <laughs> doing a sunrise set that everybody wants to go see, and even then, everybody's just laying back and Hanging taking out. a nap like, and maybe I'm you like, got oh. like four or five people that are like you yeah. know doing their thing or doing some hoops or like I blame it on technology we, we have like those air couches that you can just like run <laughs> it, it takes like 17 times to actually fill it up and get it right <laughs> those things that nobody could fill then up then no one could yeah. fill up and then like they're really you know, comfy once you get them yeah but I've only sat on them <laughs> on the dance floor yeah yeah exactly <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, no one wants you to just dance their ass off anymore. Um, that's not true. I, w- I will mean, say though, that's uh, sorry to interrupt. No, you're the, fine. the 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 crowd that's happening with the whole like deep end of like uh, yeah. like the dub stuff down at Honey and stuff. Like, yeah, like last night for Gothrad, like people were going hard. Like people were. Yeah. I never seen people dance at dub stuff so 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 much. Hell it was really like. That's dope. Anyway, cool. I mean, it was definitely the kind of music that fits. That I will say that a lot of the stuff that I hear isn't as much that like jive and stuff that keeps it going, you know. But like, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's starting to happen as like more of a dance thing now. Cool. That's good. Getting back to that. Uh, um, so uh, you know, flash forward a few years. When did you you briefly touched on this um, with communion? So when did you kind of? come up with that idea and help implement that. How long has that been going? Because I just recently cool. started going to 
the last couple of years, but I know it's been happening for a while. Mm. It's went through a lot. I mean, this will be our 12th year. 12th year. So wow. 2007 is like the first year of it, but we kind of, my friend Justin and I, and then my friend Dustin, who is like another founding member of communion, uh, we did a lot of like traveling to just stuff like in the States, like either Detroit or Miami mostly for, for like, uh, festivals and whatnot. And we <laughs> ended up going to a lot of shows that were like start in the morning outside sort mm. of thing. And like, that was totally like the idea behind, uh, communion. Unfortunately, like that, isn't how things really go down here. Yeah. Like, it's not like most parties have ever went like overnight and then with steam into the next day yeah. to warrant having an event like that, you know? Yeah. So we had been dreaming about doing like a couple, like maybe an after party or something for the right event. For communion or like, or well, like, no, yeah, before, before this, this is before communion. Ah, so this it. is like maybe 2005, six. Got it. Yeah. And me and Dustin, we'd like been scheming on a lot of different ideas. We had talked about doing like a kind of pirate thing down by the river, just kind of like oh. showing up with a generator and like, you know, like we thought about floating a pontoon boat down the river <laughs> and then tying it up and then like yeah. telling people where we were going to do it, you know, and like yeah, having yeah. them meet us on the beach. You're giving away we, all your secrets. We, had a lot, we never did any of this stuff. It's still open. Still on the, I'm, no, I'm no. cool with letting that, you know, <laughs> maybe somebody else will do it. You know? <laughs> I like the so, pontoon boat idea. Uh, but no, so, um, what what's what's next then on the pallet? Like what's so, wait no no wait before you jump ahead go so back into house. So, yeah, so yeah. I, uh, <laughs> we basically like we had been inspired by like, all these shows and then I brought it up to a friend of mine Jay Tappy is strange Doctor uh, Strangelove if you know oh, okay. he plays, plays house I've music around I've town. heard the name I've heard um, so he he like uh, was doing a lot of club stuff at the time and I mean still is. But he also, more so than I, was, like, connected with, like, the downtown business owners and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, um, He had been doing some, a couple one-off shows at the Solera rooftop. Oh, sure, yeah. And, um, I miss Solera's rooftop. Yeah, mentioned. so that was, like, where Communion started. Oh, so, like, Solera. he okay. did this stuff there maybe, like, 2005 when they first opened. And then they kind of got in trouble or something. They didn't want to do it for a minute. And then I talked him into talking them into doing it, okay. basically. And then it was Zan, Jay, and I for the first four years. Uh, we did 2007, 8, 9, and 10 at, at, at the um, Solera. Yeah. Then... Solera was sold. Right, yeah, it's something that changed else. hands. So then Jay got a job um, at Crave across the street. And I heard about the Crave stuff. So like, we like, went over there, and you know, it, the one thing that's nice when you work with like kind of like a corporation or something like that is if you know they bought us a sound system. Yeah. They bought us like the CD players. They bought us a brand new mixer. They bought us the tent to go over us. Yeah. They, you know, they took care of all those things. Um, 
Jay is also like a little bit more on that commercial side of things, and so like it it works for him. Mm. But for me, I was kind of dying a little bit because every year they kind of like the first year they didn't really say much. They just kind of let us come in and do our thing. The second year they were like, okay, we didn't like this, we didn't like this, we didn't like this about Slowly what you're doing. Becomes... Kind of being a little more restrictive. Uh... Jay was like, this is just kind of how it has to be. I kind of went with it. Zahn was in the process of moving to Berlin at the time, oh. so he was starting to be like only here some of the time. Mm -hmm. And so then the next year, which was also the year of our 15 year anniversary, yeah. I was really like busy doing the, the anniversary party in the spring. And so I was like kind of similar to this year, pushing communion, like uh, its promotion to like after that mm -hmm. and by the time I was ready to go um, they had this whole new plan like we're not going to do communion this year we want to move forward we want to do evolution oh man mm. and we want it to be more this Vegas thing or no. whatever and I was like <laughs> no, no. you know that's probably not going to work for me I'm probably just going to take my thing and go. And they were like, please, please, please don't do that. Please just come and like do your thing. And like, we'll kind of meet in the middle somewhere and we'll make it work. Mm. Okay, cool. I, I go like show up the first week, which the first week is always grand old days. So oh, Jay yeah. always had another thing that he would do and then he would come later. So basically the crowd that was there on this fateful day was just like my crowd basically. Mm. And the owner showed up and he did not like what he saw because the people weren't like this Vegas thing and the music wasn't this Vegas thing. And so he was there for a short time and then I started playing. And after I was playing about an hour, he came up and he had whispered in my ear and he was like, I thought I told you never to play this shit ever in my club again. And I was just like, we can go. Yeah. Like I can yeah, stop right now. It's like not about yeah. the, it's, it's about the music and the people and, and yeah, and, you know, and yeah, so it's like, a party. Can stop like dude, right now yeah, we yeah. can just leave. Like, we'll, we'll just, we'll we'll just go. move the party. Yeah, and we'll just go. Still... And he was like, no, why don't you finish? Yeah, yeah. So I finished and then that next morning I got up and wrote a resignation basically. Yeah. And told them, you know, we're going to do this. And then it became like a movement basically. Yeah. Uh, like so everybody, everybody followed us, <laughs> came with us. That was like, the, 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 the divide had happened where like Jay wanted to book a lot more people that played a lot more commercial music. Mm. We weren't feeling that. Mm -hmm. Jay's awesome dude, but like he's doing his yeah. thing, we're doing ours. It just was time to go separate That's ways. That's mutual understanding. Yeah. You know, no, so fair. at that point I asked Christian James to like kind of help me because I wasn't going to be able to do this by myself. D Dustin was in Berlin. Um, so that's when we moved to, we actually went to Insert Coins for one week. I don't remember that place. Is it still around? It's, um, it's called The Venue now. It is never used though. It pretty yeah, much, to my knowledge, it sits unused. It's some weird stuff there. It's really strange. But we went there for one week and we pissed off all the neighbors and had to move it right away. 
It was terrible. <laughs> Is that where you ended up getting to the poorhouse then? No, then we went to Soundbar for two years. Oh, okay. We were there. We had a great home there. They loved, like, Johan and Enrique, they were, like, really great to us. They were, I used like, to go to that. When they, needed, when they needed, you know, or, like, when we needed a place to be, and they were just, like, hey, you guys come do it here, and, like, you know, we'll work it out. And they were an awesome home for us. And um, I never got to see snakes in the in those snake things though. Oh yeah, I remember that. They had like these huge like glass ju- like jungle pillars that would be like in the middle of part of the club, and they would have like big boas in there. And so, but like that half of the club would be open like literally ninety nine percent of the time that I ever yeah. went to Soundbar, that part was not even open. Yep. Anyway. That was a short lived part of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. But but so then we we were there for two years, and then there was a shooting there. Mm. There was like uh, we're a Vikings person even maybe there I think like eight people got shot oh. on a Friday night on a, at a hip hop night, and so Eesh. we had no no choice but to move. So we finished that that summer we finished on the patio in front of uh, Barfly. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Oh man! Like <sighs> how packed is that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's a tiny place. Cr- Chrissy and Dave. They they, they've always been great though, as far as like uh, saving our asses. Yeah. If I ask for something and there's something they can provide, they've always been very yeah, cool. They are about awesome. they're, they're they're they've always been great know. to us. Yeah. And, so but cool. but it's still also not. They have a different vision for their place than I, I'm yeah, for looking sure. for for whatever. And so the, the thing was that the, the space wasn't very good for what we needed, kind of in a way. And so, someone mentioned doing poorhouse, and I walked back through the first time, and I was like, yeah. hell no, this is never gonna work. Yeah. It's like, vent with the greasy like shit coming out of it from the from the Indian <laughs> restaurant or whatever and they were like we'll do whatever we can to make this work like they put a lot of money into venting the the restaurant vent out, oh so yeah that, it's not a dirty dungy alleyway yeah it's I mean like a... it's still not ideal but it works great because of the fact that it's like tucked away yeah. We have nobody bothering us. It would be great to have more sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I miss the days of, of communion being on a roof. That well, was amazing. Like, that was, like, really the point. <laughs> but beyond that, when we left all that, the point was to be with our friends and play the music we wanted to. That's- and the thing about Minneapolis is, like, I love the city, but the way they do clubs here... They are always trying to appeal to like what they think is the highest common denominator, but I really think it's the lowest common denominator, which is people with money who want to be catered to. Right. Which is like it's really a, for a music venue, really dumb. So I, it, and it's it, an idea, know? I think, more than it is the truth and what's out there. Because like what, the people that we hang out with, the the people that are in the scene doing it. They're there for the music. They're there for the people. They're there for the you yeah. Know. But like that's not as reliable as this like service industry bottle service people yep. that have five hundred dollars right. of cash right. in their pocket from the shift they just got off of yep. that want to go to Rev in the basement mm-hmm. and spend all their money with their friends. And that's that's the long and short of it right there. Yeah. Is that you know as much as you as much as I don't like it, it's really hard to argue with. It's one of the reasons I haven't like explored opening my own 
place, you know, is that it's really tough for anybody trying to do a legit music venue to like make it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense. And yeah. also the fact that the the hours of what you have to work with are such bullshit. Yeah. Like, I mean, the poorhouse is a perfect example, honestly, of a of a venue <coughs> that um that has cycled through so many booking agents and management and general management and ownership. ownership yeah. And like, I have seen like f- 10 scene shifts within the poorhouse just in and of itself, just like one venue that like yeah. for a while, uh, this, this old rapper named nobody, um, <laughs> he used to, he used to book out the poorhouse. And that's when I first, uh, I threw an event called electro Vember at the poorhouse and we booked through nobody, and of course, it got du- double booked. Shocking, um, <laughs> but it, it, that was uh, one of the first issues they had with nobody, um, and he eventually ended up getting fired. But he was bring, trying to bring in all these hip hop acts, and they <coughs> kind of cycled that out, and they started bringing in like national headliners that were like everyone was like, "What? That's at the poorhouse? Like that's kind of weird." And then it cycled like again to be like a karaoke kind of like bro sports bar where they would have like live band karaoke instead of bringing in like actual bands. And then like these phases where they'll let like anybody, you know, like yeah. with a good event come in and, and like basically just rent out the property. Like, it well, may have the been nice just- thing about communion is we had a reputation. I had like calls from a lot of people like Trying please to get you there can you make it work yeah, here for sure and like most of them were like places where it was like you have a sidewalk mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. what am i gonna do with this yeah. you know well, yeah, like poorhouse like, definitely went through a phase where they w- maybe would have not been so down to, to host something like that just because yeah. of the direction that they were like trying to go for a short well the lucky time, the lucky part of that venue. is that the, uh, the owner deepak he was the guy who like got a hold of us and like he he actually like you know had been coming to communion oh, since, yeah, since the beginning you know uh, like, did he just buy him. it sort he's of recently a, no no he's always been part of it i'm pretty sure really i'm pretty yeah, sure it does i have think multiple I, owners I, I, there, there is mm-hmm. but but either way like he is like great guy and like has always like jared and deepak from poorhouse like their direction of what they do at their venue for like other things or whatever, completely opposite of like anything that we are involved in, but what they've like put out and how much they've attention that they've given us for like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like black mass, which is the thing that I do on Sundays when it's not communion. Like not the, the like, other nine months of the year yeah, is not like, does not deliver like, you know, like the way communion does, I get like 40, 50 people a lot of weeks, you know, mm-hmm. but they like make that a priority just as much as communion because communion is, you know, does a, well for them. a thing that they really, I think it does well for them, but they also they dig it. like having something that's like a cultural yeah. Mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You know? Well, my like point in bringing that all up is just that that's one venue and that's in only my eight years of experience of having been here. So just, like, that's one out of, like, 50 venues in the city that we, like, cycle around to and that, like, ownership changes in and management changes in and booking strategies change in and this and that. And, like, sound systems get upgraded at new places that shifts demographics over into new areas like the exchange. You know, like, 
it's just kind of like this never ending cycle of, or like juggle juggling of venues really that's happening based yeah, on I mean, like how who's many, down to how many what. clubs have actually been in the exchange space. There's the, TC? the rogue. Oh, you, Foundation. Yo, okay. 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 There was that club, New York. Like there, there's been like so many clubs. See, and that's stuff that like I think it was called Element so much for a while. Oh, was like, it uh, Spin? Remember that? Well, was that was upstairs, spin? but yeah. yeah. Oh, was, oh, you're talking about the basement? So yeah, yeah Poorhouse oh, was yeah. Spin. spin. Was Spin for when I was going um, to college? I remember that was I mean, the place Epic where like was Quest. 18, now Epic kid, is eighteen year old kids could the go. Shout House. Which yeah. is so weird. Yeah, it is weird. But yeah, no, it just like constantly is cycling. So it's like, it's hard to like, yeah, hold on to one venue ever because this, this kind of cycling is always just like happening and like this juggling of stuff. And even and with the warehouse time. venues and stuff, like a lot of the places, uh, one place I can think of in particular that's being used right now was used in several other times like before that mm -hmm. like in different parts of the venue like uh interesting. and when like premises was going on like that had been like used like years before like a lot of the like warehouses and stuff that people would use over the years like somebody would rent it or like lease it for like a few years and so you couldn't use it or oh, something yeah. then somebody else would lease it for their other business or whatever the next guy and he would be down so yeah. then all of a sudden like a venue that, that makes like total sense. everybody yeah. used for years would stop and then it would like creep back in yeah exactly yeah. it's like in a way i kind of like that because it kind of gives you like gets, keeps it's you nice to move around to honestly move around. Yeah, it gets I, venues I get boring for sure yeah, but for sure. um if you're listening to this podcast right now and you know of any after hours food trip Trucks, holla. <laughs> I know that's heavily sought after right now for after hours organizers is a food truck that wants to give us dank food in the middle of the night. So. It's not easy either, even during the day. Because really? I, uh, we used to try to get food trucks for communion when we were at Sambar. One food truck would just, that would be a killing. Oh, but I would not want to even take the chance. Because uh, the thing is, they require like a minimum. Those guys, uh, know, they got their business down. They yeah. know where to go yeah. mo mm -hmm. for the most part, and it's a pretty big, th lucrative thing in the city. So right. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're already like, I got my spots, and like, right. why should I come on my day off mm -hmm. or like overnight or yeah. you know, they gotta they gotta want to see. So, you gotta find somebody who's like dude bark in the bite over was, on the corner dude, they'd probably be guys. down because they were just telling me i asked them if they wanted to come out to a show that i was throwing at um at the skyway or something and i wanted to have a food truck just out front of marusos or whatever and they said that they'd be down but basically that that's how they do it is that on the weekends they have like a 750 dollars minimum like that people that are attending your event have to buy at least 750 dollars worth or of food recoup, or you have or to you, pay the difference. Recoup the difference yeah. yeah and then on weekdays it's like 500 it's really not that bad if it's you're gonna throw bad. something that you're like positive is gonna be popping but yeah i mean you gotta make sure people are hungry too well yeah, yeah you, you would think they would high. well they also have like a little bit of a caveat because they don't just operate out of their truck they have right. a kitchen inside sunny's that they yeah. can use yeah, so that's, that's a little true. bit different that's true. anyway their food's good. Anyway, it's so, so good, um, like, think about it. Mm, now I want to go get their lunch special. Four when, ribs, uh, potato salad. When are you guys going to kick off uh, communion for this summer? So uh, May twentieth is the opening party. Yeah, hey. Freddie Fresh. I can't. And Paul oh my Bergen. god, it's here already. Holy I know. Shit. I know. Right. Yeah. Next. Ah, I'm like that's so long ago. He probably won't even. Or that's so long ahead from now. He probably won't even know. I'm like, holy shit, that's like this month. Yep, it's yeah. like less than two weeks. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. We have our. Uh, Black Mass closing this week with wow. uh, Tunnel Devil, oh Devil Girl and Nancy Chang, and then the following week. 
is Dude, I'm that, totally and then be... the following Friday we have uh, we're part of a, an event uh, opening party at um, Movement in Detroit. Cool. And nice. this, this, yeah, cool, cool, cool. This, it's like all after Art of World too, and like it's just. It's well, art of World still go on on Sunday, so if anybody's too tired of the art and um, trying to not hit people on bikes, biking around, being You're, drunk, yeah, just go down, communion. go to communion. I will be at communion. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I, we could talk for hours and hours here, but we've already been going for an hour. Can we catch up with you later this summer? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, when awesome. we have a better mic set up. Ooh. Yeah, we will be getting some. Um, we're really excited. We're going to be getting some new mics here soon. We yeah. just were talking we've got about an that. exciting sponsorship to announce. So anyway, um, thank you, Steve, so much yeah, for coming to kick it with us. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate Let's it. Some bark and bite. Or some crepe and spoon. <laughs> spoon. I wish High High was open already. Anyway, whatever. Hey. All right. Peace out, y'all. Uh, thank stop. you, Steve, for coming in. You rule. You're always a blast to kick it with. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, quick reminders what we got coming up uh, Saturday at Barracuda. In Austin. For Euphoria, the Euphoria experience. In Austin, Texas. In Austin, Texas. Um, Kish, next weekend, has three Art World shows. He's got Friday, two on Saturday. Emil Lofts here in Minneapolis. Megan yes, is in. Boulder, Boulder at the Fox the on Fox. Friday. Yep. And then we'll all be at Communion on Sunday. Nope. I will hang be out with in Centrific. day six of six for my work week. Okay. No uh, one cares. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Swear, that's we'll be at Communion. So visit. My brain so, will be jello. So visit him over at his workplace. You can give him Why? big fat it's tips. It's a Sunday. Don't you work brunch shift? No, I'm working evening shift. Give him big Start, fat really? tips. Starting at three. He's going to oh, wipe lame. his tears away with your tips. So just give him lots of tips. <sighs> Anyway, anyway. Yeah, anyway. Um, anyone who's anyone will be at communion on Sunday. Maybe that's yes, what I should have said. That is and um, so that'll be awesome. I'm stoked to go kicking downtown in the sun shizine. Me dope. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's pretty that's much that. it for this week. If you wanted a little tidbit to talk with your friends about, Costa Rica just made a plan to get rid of all their fossil fuels and they're decarbifying everything. So that's Wouldn't tight. Wouldn't it be nice if America did that? I mean, that would take forever, that would take but that's forever. a whole discussion for another time. There's your little facty tid- tidbit so that you can tell your friends and sound like you know what's going on. Yeah, facty bit yeah. tit. Bit tit. And another thing to ponder. <laughs> Pig old penis. Do the, do the <laughs> secret North Korean tunnels lead to the most private bathroom in the world? Hmm. Maybe. Go find out. We'll have to find out for ourselves. Dun, All right. dun, dun. All right, bye. Transducing screens. Uh, we've got uh, PowerPoints. Overheads. <laughs> Remember the overheads? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> the translucent like, copies. Remember game? making them? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I missed those. Okay. <sighs> well, Hands on. I think we're good. We're good to go if we want to start. Chip. Chip. Where would you turn it down then? What? Turn what down? I'm tired. That. Me? Yeah. This has be back. You're going to talk that close. I'm not. Probably I'll be back here. Just leave me where I was, nerd hole. Well. Alright. Eye hole. <laughs> Get up out of here with my eye hole. I'm gonna turn it down if you're gonna talk like that loud. <laughs> Why don't you turn your headphones down? My headphones, everybody's headphones are where they're at. It's, it's every time I love it. It's so much fun. It's about the levels. Like, see, but I love it. I don't know why I don't know. Yeah, it's a blast. Pat is a shark. I'm on two dots now, dickhole. <laughs> no. Just do your thing. I'll control this. Okay. Well, we can start whenever. Tight. Uh-uh. I know. <laughs>
Yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody now. See, that's why I was an alarm that I had set to remind me to tell you guys that we should all turn off. <laughs> yeah, okay. This will be the one time that my kid's school is trying to get a hold of me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, actually, something important. Your kid never showed up today? <laughs> oh, shit. Don't, uh, don't scare me. Yeah. Dude, that just happened to my friend Kelsey <laughs> Semple, and apparently your kid just never got off the bus. And then, then nobody checked the buses at the bus line. So, like, the kid was just, like, sitting on the bus <laughs> for, like, ever. <laughs> like, literally, they found yeah. it in the bus still. First, kid, first day of school it couldn't last get out year, of it. Miles couldn't figure out how to get the, out took, the door. The kid took the wrong bus home and then rode it to the end of the line before he told the bus driver, bus driver oh, no. that he was, I would like, do that he's too. like, I think I'm on the wrong bus. They were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, did they drop him back off? Does the bus go out and, like, okay, let's go back to your house? Or did you have to pick him up? I don't yeah, we had to go pick them up, I think. Yeah, they didn't get like the extra service or maybe, like, for the no, last kids. No, actually, I think they did actually eventually drop him off. It was like two hours late, though. <laughs> oh when God. I first moved. I first moved oh, to Minneapolis, and I was like was totally calm, I swear. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. When I, was, uh, when I was 18 and I first moved to Minneapolis, and I rode the city bus for the first time, I think I took the wrong direction on the route, and I was just waiting to get like dropped off somewhere. <laughs> And they just parked, like, it was the end of the line, they just parked it in, like, the shop, and the guy was like, this is it, and I was on the bus, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm here now. <laughs> just, like, figured out where to go from there. That's what they do, they're just like, have fun. Yeah, he, like, gets out, and, like, he's like, this is the end of the line here. And I'm like, okay. And, like, parked in the garage with all the other buses, or, like, I just had other buses. I'll wait till tomorrow, I'll just, I'll see you tomorrow, I'll be here. It was, it's downtown near, like, um, where the... I, yeah, that one shitty place was. I went the to mill. private school, so I never got the privilege I, I of taking the public bus to school. Because then still... I could drive by the time that college or high school came around. Because <laughs> you can drive at 14 in Montana. I lived with sticks, really? and I had a, like an hour ride each way, like at least. No shit. Yeah. Are you from Wisconia? Well, I'm from Chicago. Okay. But I claim that too. My parents moved to Wisconsin when I was like five. Wisconsin's not that bad. I'm yeah. I knew you were going to come Wisconsin. chime in with us. You should yeah. move your mic over toward your face a little more because you keep looking at me to talk and then you move your mouth away from the mic. You didn't move it at all. I can't move it towards me more. I'm running out of table. Turn the stand. Like that? Like, oh, I like see this. what you're saying. Yeah. Like oh to my me, God, really? Like, yeah. That's as far as I can go. My this is what she was away. talking about. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's going to fall. It's going to fall. Holy shit. Okay, let's start. Welcome to it. We always, like, talk about really interesting things before we start. Yeah. Yeah. And And then then we're like, let's start. And we're like, oh. 30 minutes later, like, fuck. We had, like, 30 minutes. I've been recording. I've been recording. We're recording? Yeah, we're recording. Shut your ass up. Yeah. No shit. I was going to test to see how the levels are looking, but I think it'll be fine. I like that. Cool. This is very All right. Well, we'll just pop in.